Well, as you may have guessed, the theme of tonight, today's message is his love endures forever. So let's pray as we look at Psalm 136 this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can be here today. We thank you for your great love for us, which we're speaking of today and we've experienced. Lord, we thank you for the cross of Christ that demonstrates your great love to us in that he has given, paid that ultimate sacrifice of his own life in place of ours so that we might be set free from sin's bondage. We thank you for the freedom that comes in Christ and the eternal life that we have with you. And Lord, help us to appreciate that all the more today as we share together in this time. In your name we pray. Amen. As I've mentioned, we've been considering the Psalms for a while in recent weeks, and it's, it causes us to realise how full of help and hope and encouragement uh, the Psalms are for us, no matter what era that we live in. And the message that comes through from the hearts of the authors that have written these Psalms, and particularly David, as he's written over half of the Psalms, just remind us to, that God is a great God and uh, we can trust and rely upon him no matter what we are going through. We've been looking at different themes in the Psalms that can teach us and encourage us as we group various Psalms together uh, that speak about similar things. And so far we've looked at some of the creation Psalms and what they are all about is as far as just pointing towards God as the ultimate designer of the universe in which we live. And today we are considering what is known as a salvation history psalm. Salvation history psalms emphasise God's acts of deliverance of his people, and particularly on, the par on behalf of the nation of Israel particularly, and how, how he has saved them out of great trial and potential destruction, uh, particularly in relation to the exodus out of Egypt and the journey to the promised land. And there's numerous psalms that highlight uh, these acts of God, and we call them salvation history psalms. Salvation history psalms remind us to remember and to recall and to rehearse and to keep a record of the things that God has done so that they will give us hope and encouragement in the future. And Salvation History Psalms call us to look behind the events that are mentioned to the very character of God, the one who has conducted these acts of deliverance for his people. And so that's where we are looking this morning at Psalm 136. And as we look around our world, we know that there is much hurting going on in our world today. We look back at the past year gone away from us now and we can see the hurt that many have faced from external sources caused by war and hatred. Others have faced hurts on the inside, painful situations, physical or mental or emotional, that have caused us much grief. And what can help in those times of hurt and suffering is a right understanding of God and how he is there for us to help us and sustain us through these times and even cause us to have joy when all else seems in despair. 
We have to find out and understand who God is so that we will be strong when the winds of sorrow blow against us. And good theology does that for us. It gives us an understanding of who God is so that we can trust his character when we're going through hard times. And we can see this principle at work in Psalm 136, this salvation history psalm, which is sometimes called a hallelujah psalm because it contains no requests, no complaints and no problems. Instead, it contains a list of times where God worked in history, each answered by the chorus, his love endures forever. And no doubt the worship leader would read the first line of each verse and the congregation would respond as we did this morning, his love endures forever. So let's consider this psalm. At the beginning of the psalm, we see this call to praise and then we see the cause to praise and then we see the conclusion of praise as we work our way through. But firstly, the the call to praise, verses 1 to 3. And I won't read out the chorus part so that we uh, get through it a bit quicker. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords. These verses offer us three reasons to praise God. Firstly, he is good. Secondly, he is the God of gods. And thirdly, he is the Lord of lords. Now, there are plenty of gods and lords all around us, but there is only one true God who rules this universe. And to that great God belongs our deepest praise and deepest honour. And if just consider for a moment the, the meaning of these things, that he is truly the supreme being of the universe. And secondly, he is good in what he does. And it's impossible to overestimate the value of these truths because if he were not supreme, we would not worship him. And if he were not good, we would not trust him. But because he is both good and the ultimate Lord, we can not only trust him, we can also bow before him in praise and worship. And of course we need to note the answering chorus in each of these verses, his love endures forever. These simple words remind us that all things display God's love at work on behalf of his children. The Hebrew word which is translated love and sometimes in in some translations is translated as mercy. It's a difficult word to translate. It's got many, many um, meanings to it relating to love and it refers to loyal love or faithful love or sometimes it's described as covenant love of God. It's love that lasts because it is based upon his unbreakable commitment. God's love is eternal because his covenant is eternal. He cannot not love his people. But the meaning goes even beyond that because God loves, God's love endures. It outlasts all the problems of life. It transcends the troubles we face every day. It goes on when our life comes to an end. His love endures forever. Charles Spurgeon said it this way, No saint shall fall finally or fatally 
Sorrow may bring us to the earth and death may bring us to the grave, but lower we cannot sink. And out of the lowest of all, we shall arise to the highest of all. When we stand by the grave of a loved one, we have to know the truth. We need to know that death is not the end. What gives us the confidence to face death with our heads held high? How can we cross the Jordan to reach the other side as they, the Old Testament reminds us? We can because his love endures forever. We fail, but his love endures forever. We stumble and fall, but his love endures forever. And so this is the call to praise that David brings us to here. And then he looks at the cause for the praise which he calls us to. And but basically that takes up the remainder of this psalm. Because it contains a survey of God's faithfulness beginning with creation and ending with Israel's entry into the promised land. So let's break that down a little bit. So he, looking at verses 5 to 9, he's speaks of creation. So it's almost a creation psalm as well as a what we call a salvation history psalm. So verse 5 goes like this, To him who by wisdom made the heavens, to him who laid out the earth above the waters, to him who made great lights, the sun to rule by day, and the moon and stars to rule by night. And that description follows a general pattern which ties in with Genesis chapter 1, uh, verse 5 parallels Genesis 1, 1 and verse 6, verse 2 of Genesis 1 and then verses 7 to 9 closely follow Genesis 1, 14 to 18. And note that the universe and everything in it is made by his wisdom or his understanding. This rules out purposeless evolution or blind fate as some would describe it. The universe came into being because God willed it to be. It was his plan. As Hebrews 11.3 states the same truth this way, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what, is, what was visible. The entire universe came into being by a plan that comes from the hand and the mind of Almighty God. Nothing was by chance. Nothing evolved into being into a being by random mutation. God's wisdom and God's understanding stands behind the universe as we see it. And since the universe as it is rests on God's understanding, no one can understand the universe properly without knowing God. If you leave God out, you've missed the fundamental truth about the universe. In order to understand human origins and the true history of the universe, we must begin with God's understanding as he has revealed it to us in his word. Start there and you start on firm ground. Start anywhere else and you sink into the quicksand of unbelief. And so David starts at the very beginning as the cause of praise is God's creation. 
Then he moves on to the Exodus, verses 10 to 15, where he says, To him who struck Egypt in their firstborn and brought Israel out from among them with a mighty hand and outstretched arm, to him who divided the Red Sea in two and brought Israel through the midst of it, but swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. This reminds us that God has no trouble defeating his enemies. He also has no trouble parting the Red Sea. He only asks that his people acknowledge that he did it and not them. God has no trouble defeating his enemies. And we should praise the Lord not only because we are delivered, but that our enemies are scattered, confounded and utterly defeated because his love endures forever. And then in verse 16, he squeezes 40 years of history into one verse. He says, to him who led his people through the wilderness. His love endures forever. So many things happened in those 40 years. Remember the manna and the quail from heaven? Water from the rock? Balaam and his talking donkey? The 12 spies? The bitter water? Bleached bones in the desert? Lots of complaining and the continual challenges to Moses' leadership. And through it all, God led his people to the promised land. Note that it says that God led his people through the desert, through the wilderness, not around it. To get to the promised land, they had to go through the desert. And so it will be for us. God leads his children along to heaven, but they have no easy road as they make their journey towards glory. There are many detours, many U-turns, many delays, and more than a few seeming dead ends. But God works in and through all these things so that we finally arrive because his love endures forever. And then he mentions the conquest of the promised land, verses 17 to 22. To him who struck down great kings and slew famous kings, Zion king of the Amorites and Og king of Bashan, and gave their land as a heritage, a heritage to Israel his servant, for his love endures forever. You can find the story of Zion and Og in Numbers chapter 21. And when Israel desired free passage through the land of the Amorites as they came through the wilderness, Zion the king refused the Israelites and then attacked them. He was soundly defeated. And Israel ended up occupying all the cities of the Amorites. And then as they continued marching up the road, Og king of Bashan came out and marched with his army to do battle. And he too was totally defeated. As Numbers 21.35 reminds us, So they struck him down together with his sons and his whole army, 
leaving them no survivors, and they took possession of his land. What an encouragement those verses are because they remind us of God's faithfulness in spite of our repeated failures. It would have been easy for the Jewish people to think as sin has made God give up on us and forget us. We have no hope, we have no future. We've blown everything. But despite their sin and their unbelief, God never gave up on his people. And so let us, let every believer take great hope in that, that your past does not determine your future. You may have failed again and again and again, but there is still mercy for those who trust in the Lord. And who knows, but that tomorrow you may yet see God win a great victory in your life because his love endures forever. And then we see David describing God's activity throughout history. Verses 23 to 25. Who remembered us in our lowly state and rescued us from our enemies, who gives food to all flesh, for his love endures forever. These verses contain three great truths about God. Firstly, he remembered us. Secondly, he rescued us. And thirdly, he replenishes us. He remembered us by sending Jesus to save us. He rescued us from our sins. And he replenishes us every single day, both physically and spiritually. And what God did for ancient Israel, he does for his people everywhere, all the time, in every situation because his love endures forever. So what's the conclusion to praise? Psalm 136 ends with a general call to praise God at all times. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. Let's conclude with a reminder of three important truths as we close. Firstly, history is not about us, it's about God. That may seem very basic, but it's in fact a profound truth. You are not the centre of history. God is. What happens to you matters, but the real point of life is to glorify God in all things to see his hand at work, to believe in him at the darkest moments, to give, him, to give him thanks for every victory, to lean upon his word, to grow more like him day by day, to live so that others may find it easy to believe in him. And in this long recital of Israel's history, the psalmist covers centuries of time in just a few sentences. And it reminds us that God's plan was not always easily seen at every point along the way. When the Jews were groaning in Egypt under Pharaoh's heavy-handed whip, 
we can understand why they might have felt abandoned by the Almighty. And still later, as they worked their way through the wilderness and came across the Red Sea, they complained against the Lord after they had been delivered and said how much they missed Egypt. Doesn't that remind us how short-sighted we are? How quick to forget God's goodness? We pray for deliverance and then complain when it comes. Someone once said, we were born wishing for something better. And this psalm reminds us in every single verse that God's ways and our ways are not the same. And generally, we, are, we will only see God's plan in retrospect. We look back and we, we say, well, I can see now what God was doing in my life. But when we're in the midst of a difficult situation, when we're in the midst of the, the furnace, as it were, we see nothing but the flames. And so we need to come back to Psalm 36 to remind ourselves, because we are so prone to forget that God works across the centuries to establish his purposes on earth. And just because we don't see it on Monday morning at 6.37 in the morning doesn't mean it's not there. It just means that we don't see it. That's all. We aren't the centre of the universe. God is. And so meditate on that fact because we'll certainly need to remember it before this year is out. History is not about us, it's about God. And then secondly, our faith rests on facts. The long recital of Israel's history teaches us that our faith rests upon the concrete acts of God in human history. When the Apostle Paul made his defence before King Agrippa in Acts chapter 26, he concluded his statement regarding the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ with these words. He says, I am convinced that none of this has escaped his attention because it was not done in a corner. In other words, he's saying, O King, you don't have to take my word for it. Check it out for yourself. The facts are there for anyone to see. And so we have nothing to fear from the critics of the Christian faith because our faith is founded on the great realities of the Bible, a literal creation by the hand of God, the existence of Israel, the miracles of the Old Testament, the prophecies of the Messiah, and then towering above everything else, the miraculous birth, the sinless life, the sacrificial death, the victorious resurrection of Jesus Christ and then his triumphant ascension into heaven. These things were not done in a corner. It was displayed for the whole world to see. And our faith rests upon those facts of history. And then thirdly, remember the big picture. His love endures forever. I think that was the message that David was trying to get across to us. His love 
endures forever. When you feel yourself tempted to despair, ponder that thought that God's love endures forever. When you've had all that you can take, when the world seems to collapse around you, his love endures forever. No matter where you're going this week or what you're going through this week, his love still endures forever. No matter what your problems, his love endures forever. And no matter how you feel about it, his love endures forever. This month of January, we've entered into a new year with all its promise and with all its uncertainties. And we don't know what this year ahead of us will hold. We live in very uncertain times and nothing is predictable. But one thing is sure and one thing we can be certain of is that his love endures forever. Because God is God. And that will be just as true in six months' time as it is today. Because God cannot change. His love for us will never change. And keep that in mind as you face the uncertainties before you. Maybe this year of 2024 will go well for you. But perhaps you will experience some difficult times. And if you experience hard times in the year ahead, if you struggle to make ends meet, if you feel you've lost your way, if your friends seem to turn against you, if the sky falls down around you, come back to Psalm 136 and read it out loud. Remind yourself that we serve a God who acts in history. Remember that his ways are not our ways. And think about his mighty power in the past. And then consider how he has led you in your life thus far. Think of the many promises that he has made. And then fix your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. And no matter what else happens this year, rejoice in the fact that his love endures forever. Let's pray together. Gracious Father, we thank you for your love that's spoken of so many times in this psalm. That your love reaches down to people. That your love is all-encompassing. That your love that caused you to send your son to this earth to become man so that we might become sons of God. It's your love that continues to sustain us day by day. It's your love that will bring us into your presence forever. So we thank you for your great love, demonstrated in so many different ways, down through history, which gives us the confidence and the courage to move forward because we know that your love continues and endures forever. Lord, help us to ground our faith in this reality, not upon the passing winds of changing thoughts and feelings about this world or about a God which is not you, but that we can have confidence in a God who has shown himself clearly in history 
and continues to show himself to his people. So we thank you that we can rest in you today and trust you and trust in your love as we move forward in our lives this year. We ask that you'll be with us and continue to guide us and lead us, even as you led the nation of Israel out of Egypt through the wilderness to the promised land. We say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.